1924 when he threw rocks around a canyon down into the modern age he's been a boon companion though many folks have seen him know now none of them have held him or brought a decent hair sample to dr jeffrey meldrum if you're walking through the woods one night and you see a vague footprint Build a mold and cast that bitch, cause it could be a hit. But if you've never seen a Sasquatch, just seek and you will find. Because Bigfoot is a state of mind. Yes, Bigfoot is a state of mind. Hey everybody, welcome to The Hidden Zoo, where every week we make fun of an animal that probably doesn't exist. I'm Don, with me as always is Blake. Hey Don. Hello Blake. What are we, what are we doing this week? This week we're doing another Halloween special. Oh, spooky. We're doing creepy, creepy cryptids or cryptid adjacent things. I, I remember I when I understood the assignment. Time. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll probably come up with something on the fly. I'll do, I'll do a creepy cryptid y thing, and then you could do what you were going to do. Sure. Yeah. And we'll see how it works. Then, then maybe we'll just talk about the Dilatov Pass or something. <laughs> We've talked about We've already that. Ta- We've yeah. already talked about that, though, right? At, at, I think at least twice. Okay. Yeah. Multiple times. Yep. I think because I, I think one time I was bitching about how all of the unsolved mysteries on Reddit are the same dumb shit over and over again. <laughs> and like Day Out Love Pass comes up all the time, and you have to scroll down nine thousand comments before somebody's like, "No, it's been pretty adequately explained. Yes, it's weird, but it's not Yetis." Damn. Soviets covered it, but it was Yetis. Yeah, damn Soviet. It was Red Army, Red Army experimental Yetis gone berserk. You can't trust the USSR, especially when they get their hands on seven-foot hominids. Read my new book, Stalin's Yetis. (laughs) (laughs) Now there's another, there's something I have to add to our list of of pilots. (laughs) Well, I need to, I should make that book cover. Like to like have it on my bookshelf. Stalin's, Stalin's, Yetis. Stalin's Yetis. It's like Overlord, except it's it's Cold War and Yetis. <laughs> By Arthur Dilatov. <laughs> and it all ends with those five guys. Like that's that's it's the story of those five guys trying to infiltrate one of Stalin's uh genetic modified genetically modified Yeti. This is nonfiction. This is nonfiction. This is a nonfiction book about yeah, but it was the, fact, Army, right? the, the communist Yeti experiment. Like the, fir- the, the first 40s, person, 50s. the first person who found the Dyatlov past corpses found this record on them, and it was immediately covered up. But now it's been stolen and released. Yep, due due to the the crumbling of the Iron Curtain, and it has to know have, the truth. Uh, it has to have some reference to the fact that they didn't actually believe in evolution or proper biology. <laughs> like it was against communist dogma. I'm gonna put a Caldecott metal sticker on there too. <laughs> yeah, it's up there with the giver as a <laughs> child's classic. The giver, where the red fern grows, Stalin's Yetis. Yeah. <laughs> It'll tug at the heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um <laughs> Roll of Thunder Hear My Cry, Stalin's Yetis. I can't wait. <laughs> I wanna... Imagine it would be super easy to make the the cover art too. It's just like some Yeti drawings and Stalin in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then you got to get the <laughs> uh, the version from Ghana. <laughs> I would love to just describe ideas 
to whoever does those posters, and then they do whatever they think that movie's supposed to look like. When Conan went to Ghana, he had a movie poster made of his show. That's, that's right, he did. It's great. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, like pitching all the dumb ideas we come up with on this show, pitching them to a, a Ghanaian movie <laughs> poster artist. artist. <laughs> But, like, how could he make Team Barf Team weirder? It already involves a dirigible piloted by Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> and I want to see it look like it was painted on the side of the popcorn truck at the fair. Mm-hmm. That that kind of art. <laughs> yep, yeah. Uh, like, done, to a, done by a drunken a, carny. Yeah. You know, next to, like, a, we think this is a legally safe Batman. <laughs> We don't or know why it's a terrible Batman. I can't tell. <laughs> we don't know why he's sh- shooting a, a pterodactyl with a rocket launcher. Yeah, but I don't remember Superman having a spear gun. But it's not too bad. It's a it's an interesting take on the character. It's better than better than Man of Steel. Instead of an S, it's a dollar sign, which I think was a good <laughs> a good choice. Look, he was inspired by Kesha, and he realized that. <laughs> it, look, on his, in his language, the S means hope, but in his language, the dollar sign still means dollars, and he didn't want a hero for free. <laughs> so, uh, creepy shit. I gotta come up with the author biography now on the inside <laughs> of the dust jacket. Oh, what's his name? Um, Arthur Dyatlov. Oh, yeah, you just said that. <laughs> He has a PhD in cryptozoological studies. Yes, from from Cornell. <laughs> yeah, from Phoenix Online. <laughs> that existed in the Cold War. <laughs> Kids won't know. They don't know well, shit. Well, he's a scholar of... You don't have to actually be from the period to research it. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's a good... That's an excellent point. Arthur Dyatlov. Son, son of a Russian expatriate, and I, need to, I should do that just for set pieces. So I have books to put places. <laughs> okay, that are cleared because I made them, and it's just all silly cryptozoological reference that I, I made up. <laughs> yes, yes, you should. You just have a hey. We need some books for this. Don't worry, I got you covered. You just bring out like three crates full of fake ass books. Yeah. So then, you know, over his shoulder while Casper Van Diem's talking, you can just pick out all the titles on the bookshelf. <laughs> or whomever, but, you know, someone you know. like that. <laughs> Somebody who needs the paycheck, so they'll do this in the movie. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, shit. What's your creepy, your creepy thing? Is it right. pasta? Is it what? I said, is your creepy thing some kind of pasta? No. I sort of actually kind of is. Um, I want to start though. I want to. I want to give the official shout out to the number one creepy cryptid of all time. To uh, I just like did a kiss and then a Hitler salute. Yeah, I don't because I don't when know going out of frame. That's yeah. exactly what that looked like. Because you're, <laughs> I just say yeah, I saw myself in the video. Like oh, oh no, I'm not. I am not hiling uh, Deloy's ape. I am the opposite. It's a Roman. It's the Roman salute. Just call it that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, Deloitte's ape will always be the creepiest cryptid of all time, even though it's probably just a spider monkey on a small box. It still grosses me the hell out. Still, I, sh- I, I was showing it to a coworker the other day. I'd never heard of it. And I was like, this thing still fucking unsettles me. I know it's a spider monkey. Look, it has no thumbs. Like, it can't walk bipedally. It has toe thumbs, and it has no thumbs on its hands. That's a spider monkey. 
But goddamn it, if that was seven feet tall and it burst out of the Amazon and came rushing at you, <laughs> you would shit your pants. You know, that's that's kind of like if I ever got to design some kind of cryptid creature for a movie, I would make it look like that. Oh, yeah. At least the face. It would have that face and it would be really tall and ropey. The fact that it's standing or staring right into the camera with dead eyes and it's slack jaw mouth. Ugh, hate it. Mine and is... It, maybe it'll run like a gibbon, like it runs at you with its arms up. <laughs> yeah. Bouncing. Even creepier. <laughs> so mine's cryptid adjacent. It is on cryptid wiki, but I wouldn't... I don't think anybody really, class, really classifies it as a cryptid, but the first time I read what, about it... What isn't on cryptid wiki? I know. It's like alien shit's on there, and, and somebody needs to go through there and just edit it for mission creep. And, mm-hmm. like, that's not my job as one who doesn't actually believe in any of those beasts. <laughs> To go through and parse out the ghosts yeah. from Cryptid Wiki. Yeah, I, we don't need ghosts and aliens and fucking vampires and shit. Uh, and But yeah, whatever. Uh, this creeped me out I, probably 10 or 12 years ago is the first time I read a story about this online. And they always prefer it to be real. Including what is supposedly the very first instance of this, which dates back all the way to 1996. And a dude named, hold on, Brian Bethel. I'm going to send you a picture of Brian Bethel in the in the Google chat. Okay. Tell me tell me he doesn't look just you believe anything that comes out of his mouth. Oh wait, where'd you send it to? Google. In the Google chat. In the Gmail. Oh, there it is. There it is. Oh yeah, that looks like he works in the mailroom at every office everywhere. Yeah, he's he's like the lowest tier member on the Geek Squad. Yeah. Yeah, like if he well, if he's, he, the, he's the IT guy's assistant. If he tells me something about my keyboard or what's wrong with my hard disk drive, I would believe him. Uh but he is actually a journalist, still works uh in Texas for uh fuck, hold on. Um the Abilene Reporter News. He is a blue check on Twitter. He is a verified oh, confirmed. Yep. But his story is that uh, he was the first person in 1996 to ever see black-eyed kids. Are you familiar with the black-eyed kid phenomenon or black-eyed children? No, I don't know this one. It's, uh, it is reasonably creepy in the way that all good creepypasta is. Like the best creepypasta is like just 10 degrees off of normal, you know? Because it, it seems like something that might actually happen, and it's just weird and unsettling. Well, black-eyed children are, with the exception of this story, where this guy still maintains this day it happens exactly as he said it did, uh, it, almost all of them are certainly creepypasta. Even Snopes just says this is just an urban legend, and everything has all the hallmarks of an urban legend. So many of the stories are, you know, a friend of a friend, or this happened to my grandpa, or whatever. But basically, uh, children who appear normal, although they may be wearing, like, out-of-date clothing, they'll walk up to you and you will get a feeling of dread and they will start asking you for things. Like, can you? Can we have a ride? Just give us a ride. Just let us in your car. Hey, I need to use your phone. Can I come in and use your phone? Hey, I'm sorry. I, 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 I had to run away from home because my dad's abusive. Can I just sleep on your couch for tonight? And you'll like feel a pull to do whatever they want, but then you're so fucking scared. And then at the last moment, and this is what's weird about even, even the Brian Bethel story is you've got these kids talking to you and asking you for something. 
nobody ever notices the fact that their eyes are completely black until like right at the end like <laughs> which is the first right first like, thing you would see uh pupils and sclera everything <laughs> black like the bassist from limp biscuit you know when he had those contacts in yes. in the late 90s because he was so cool and extreme so brian bethel's story was that he was he was in his car in 1996 outside of the office of his his isp he was writing a check and he was going to go put it in the night drop box to pay his bill and also there was a movie theater and these kids came up and were like hey we were going to go see mortal Kombat because it was 1996 but we left our money at home. Can we have a ride to my mom's house? And, you know, everything that I just told you happened. They were really creepy. He found his hand moving unaccountably towards the door to let them in. He got really scared. He looked at their eyes. They were all black. What I like is that these creepy paranormal entities wanted to go see Mortal Kombat. <laughs> They're just big Christopher Lambert fans. Yeah. Like, hey, we th- this Paul W.S. Anderson like, guy, he's going to be huge. I love Highlander. Ugh. So I got to go see this new movie. Mm-hmm. With with Connor, is it is it Connor or, or which never, one is which? <laughs> honestly, I can never remember. I think he's McLeod. Connor. I think Duncan was the TV show, but I can never a hundred percent remember. Duncan or Connor? Yeah, one of the McClouds from Clan McCloud. Yeah, they're like, yeah, it's, uh, it looks like it has some really good puppet effects. Like Goro just looks like a very quality puppet. So he's kind of you know kind of rubbery. So we're gonna try to take over this man's life and possess his car with our black eyes, and then get six bucks a piece and go see Mortal Kombat. I think that uh, Fergie pitched this for the name, and then Will I Am had to say no. <laughs> no, haven't you read? Haven't you read the story that Brian Bethel sent on a ghost-related email list in 1996? <laughs> ghost-related email list. Yeah. So yes, I looked this up at Wikipedia. Uh, considers it an urban legend yep. on par with Bloody Mary, cow tipping, the bunny man, the hook, sewer alligators, Slenderman, yeah, etc. Yeah, except um, cow tipping is not – what the fuck is that doing there? Because <laughs> you can't actually do it. But it's not creepy. Like they're all, they're all scary urban legends and then, oh yeah, cow tipping. But it's in here with sewer alligators. That's not really creepy. Yeah. If one comes out of your toilet and bites your bites your dick, well, it'll just be a little guy. That's true. It still hurt though. They do a death roll on your penis. It's not you're not coming back from that. No, the alligator, not the other thing. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, <laughs> also, Curse of the Colonel is in here, which I love. Do you know? Do you know about that one? I don't think so. That is a Japanese urban legend about throwing Colonel Sanders in the river. <laughs> they do love their KFC. This this baseball team won a won a championship, and they were gathered on a bridge and started throwing members from the crowd who looked like players into the river. That sounds really Parks and Rec. And then they got to like the giant white guy on the team, like somebody from Texas or somewhere. Okay, and they had no suitable look-alike among their their club to throw in the river so they tore up the colonel sanders from the kfc across the street <laughs> and threw that in the river instead and then they like never won anything after that so it's like the cubs goat legend kind of but but uh but they found him they found and so the, oh. the the legend is that if you returned the colonel to his rightful place then they would start winning again <laughs> So I have I have ten facts I'd like to read to you about Black Eyed Kids from an article on Thought Catalog. Sixteen people's terrifying encounters. 
with black-eyed kids. Ten facts. Number one, black-eyed kids will look like normal human children between the ages of 6 and 16, but with pale skin and completely black eyes. Additionally, number two, people who have been in close proximity to black-eyed kids report a feeling of unease that washed over them while nothing about the children's appearance, aside from the eyes, generally frightened people. They still reported feelings ranging from anxiety to terror at their presence. Three, some people have also reported seeing black-eyed kids that have talons for feet or other demonic attributes, but most sightings are of seemingly normal children. Four, black-eyed kids are commonly described as wearing dated clothing and dressing in a manner that is not typical of a child of their age. Now, it's, it's worth mentioning that the, the Brian Bethel case, he said they were just wearing hoodies. And this was 96, so it's entirely possible a couple of preteens with full-eye contacts were going to go see Mortal Kombat. <laughs> And or we're just hanging out trying to freak out, like, associates degree holding software developers. So you're telling me that that's a possibility and not that these are some kind of supernatural children? Mm-hmm. I don't know, Don. Now, black-eyed children always ask for something. It is always something that involves being in close quarters with you. They'll ask for a ride in your vehicle or to enter your home to use the phone. <laughs> I did. Want, they want cigarettes. <laughs> hey, can we come in and smoke? I, I did manage to find the Brian Bethel's original, like, on, on the Wayback Machine, his original post about it from 98. And he said, it, it, like, there's kind of a vampire thing going on where they said, we can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Or, you know, kids who need a ride, but they don't want to be rude. I don't know. Uh, okay, back to our facts. There are no reported stories of what happens when you let a black-eyed kid into your vehicle or home. All stories come from people whose eerie feelings made them flee from the children. I mean, if you let them in, you die. So you're not around to tell the story anymore. Yeah, Duh. and then how's that explained? The earliest sighting of a black-eyed kid was journalist Brian Bethel in 1996. Uh, dumb fact. The story has been added to internet creepypasta lore, but to this day, Bethel insists the incident was real and happened the way he reported. In 2014, a British paper reported that sightings of black-eyed kids around the world are rising. There's actually apparently a haunted pub somewhere in England where people see black-eyed children all around this creepy pub. But... Oh, eh. man, attached to a place. Theories about the black-eyed kids are that they are vampires, aliens, or of demonic origin. And the reason this one always creeped me out is because, like I said, it's just like 10 degrees off normal. It's something that has all the hallmarks of normalcy, but then one thing is fucked up. Like, one of my favorite creepypastas is this one that it's a very long series of posts by a guy who's claiming to be former search and rescue in, uh, for National Park Services. And he talks about how oftentimes in the parks, he'll go out in the middle of nowhere and there will just be a stairwell, you know, stairway in the middle of the wilderness. And you don't know how it got there. And there are stories about what happens if you go all the way to the top of the stairwell, stairway and nobody ever tries it. And it's just like, yeah, that's weird. It's weird, and when you when you write it well, it can it can be very creepy. So the thought of a creepy child coming up to me and having black eyes and begging to be let into my house that's pretty creepy. Man, you look at creepy ass kids all day long. Yeah, but none of them have black eyes, and all they ask for is where's the bathroom or what science are you teaching today? <laughs> can you please direct me to the science? <clears throat> yes, it's right here. So I want to read you one sighting 
that I thought was completely ridiculous, and then one snippet from another sighting that was just just too good of a phrase to pass up. So this is a pretty short one. I live in a big city in South British Columbia, and it's 11.52 here as I type this. I had just got home from The Conjuring. Scary shit, I'm telling you. I was lurking on r slash creepy, and I heard a knock on the door. I walked over confused because I live alone, and I'm a recluse. As I approached the door, I felt pure terror. The feeling you get when you feel like death is imminent on your f- or you're facing your biggest fear. When I opened the door, I was shaking madly. I was staring into the face of a six foot three teenage girl. She was still four inches shorter than me, but I felt like I was about to faint. So we got a big guy here. He's a tall man. And that's... I, I feel like that's not true. <laughs> I, I just feel like this person is not six foot seven. I'm six foot seven. That's a common thing. Yeah. In Canada? Yeah. In British Columbia? Everyone's six foot seven. These all feel like someone just wrote the open for an <laughs> X-Files episode. Well, I'm, I'm not done it- yet. And then had nothing else left. She uh, she asked if she could enter the premises, quote, because her mom had left town and she lost her keys. She claimed she needed a couch to sleep on and was cold. I blinked and screamed bloody murder, slamming the door in her face. I ran to my room and grabbed my revolver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Illegal, I know. And sat in the recliner facing the door until I dozed off. When I woke up, I looked outside and she was gone. But the word soon was scratched weakly into the door. <laughs> that's stupid i know it's very bad and then the the other one was just somebody like very long and i kind of scanned it and this this line leapt out at me he had eyes oh he did but they were blacker than the night pitch black no discernible pupils and no white whatsoever showing pure black deep brooding and surprisingly intriguing till he bites you <laughs> black eyes roll over white <laughs> Very intriguing black eyes. <laughs> yeah. Like doll's eyes. Doesn't even seem to be living. <laughs> Till he bites you. So, yeah. Those are... Uh, that. That's my, my creepy cryptid adjacent thing for this Halloween. Black-eyed children. Creeps me out. Black-eyed children. Yeah. Let's get retarded in here. <laughs> uh, they changed... Yeah, they changed that one. They changed one. the title to Let's Get It Started. Sellouts. Because even the black-eyed children (laughs) know that that's not a good title for a song. (laughs) Ah. All right. What did you you bring today? Um, Actually, I thought of something. Okay. I thought of something. Okay, what is it? Star Jelly. Star Jelly. I'm not familiar with that. This is actually the direct... It's uh, directly inspired the blob. Oh. Okay. There's a story in the 50s of these policemen that saw like a meteorite, and they went to investigate and found this this weird goo everywhere. And they just like poked it with a stick, and that's it. <laughs> that's the whole story. <laughs> that's the story. But then somebody saw that in the paper and thought, well, what if they had picked it up like with his hand, and then it ate him? <laughs> and then the blob happened. Which was on the other day, and the original blob not as good as I remember it. It's it. It also sounds like it inspired Spider-Man Three. Oh yeah, pretty much. It's, the Venom suit was the, just yeah. The blob. Venom is exactly just yeah. the blob, but can do can do stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so oh, I, meteor goo. So I, Star I, Jelly, did you find it? No, I just remembered that. The first time I heard about black-eyed kids, it creeped me out, but I thought it was silly, so I wrote a blog post about it. Uh, 20th November, 2007, almost exactly 13 years ago. 
Wow. Let me see if I... What, what did I have to say about the Black Eyed Kids in 2007? Uh, oh, and, and they called them called them BEKs for short because <laughs> saw that. paranormal enthusiasts have never met an acronym or initialism that they, they haven't fallen immediately in love with. Black Eyed Kids... If the black-eyed kids, parentheses, B-A-Ks, are real, then they certainly deserve a great deal of attention. That's from the article I, I had read. Yes, yes. If if there are demon children around, then we should pay attention to the demon children who are trying to get into your houses and cars. Brian Bethel. <clears throat> How does one explain the unnerving sense of fear and despair that, of those that encounter the B-E-Ks? How do you explain that, Like, Maybe they just don't like kids. Yeah. I bet Alina feels that way about all children all the time. Mm-hmm. Black-eyed or not. No eyes, black eyes, whatever. They're all creepy. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, this, was, this was part of a series on my old blog called Paranormalists Are Running Out of Ideas. When I would find something paranormal <laughs> that was very dumb, be like, they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel on this one. Let's see what else? What else did I write about in that? And that God, it's been so long since I've even looked at my old blog. Paranormal. It's just a, it's like a lazy X Files episode. It, it's it kind what of it sounds like. Like you got the open, the cold open written right there, where the guy is doing whatever he's doing, reading mm-hmm. his book with his with his drink, and the black eyed kids a, come to the and door. A, and... Is it? A, do you think they, do they knock or do they ring the bell? I think they knock. Just like little knocks. No, it's it, and then he goes and he, he opens the door and there they are standing there in their old timey clothes, their black eyes, their black eyes, just and like they just sir. say and they say together, "Can we come in?" And then, <laughs> and then the episode starts, and then there's nothing else because that's the only part they wrote. So here, here's the here are the topics I covered in Paranormalists are running out of ideas. Uh, Bigfoot and aliens, because even 13 years ago I was like, do a mashup. Yeah, okay, so. <laughs> we need to we we need to we need to bring some some new blood into the old franchises. So let's cross over Bigfoot and this Aliens. A, this is a really big deal because Bigfoot is DC and Aliens, aliens are, are Marvel. Marvel. So this is a big deal that these properties are intersecting. Have you ever heard of streetlight interference? <laughs> what? <laughs> Interfering with what? Um okay, so that's SLI, streetlight interference, and the people oh, who experience you. it are called God, there's an initialism so are called sliders. And God, okay. I do I still think about this one from time to time because the whole thing is you know how every once in a while you're walking and if you're and sometimes when, when you walk under a streetlight it just happens that, that the streetlight flickers out when you're walking <laughs> under it? It did happen to me. That's how I got chronic Lyme. <laughs> So that's that's the whole thing. The whole thing with streetlight interference is that some people have a mysterious ability to turn off streetlights when they walk under them. What a shitty mutant power! Yeah, huh? and it's and it's like it's not like streetlights have a cycle. Like, and, and as they get older, they flicker and they'll stay off for a while, but then power back on. Like, it's it's not like. Uh, so yeah, and it's like, oh, I noticed a thing that that I thought was weird. Now I have to hook, hook, kick up a paranorm, paranormal, like think about paranormal <laughs> ability to explain the fact that a light went off when I was under it. So uh, what do you do here at Xavier's school for mediocre children? I occasionally turn off a street lamp when I'm walking no. down the sidewalk. <laughs> I can I can make lighting devices behave poorly, but I can't do it at will. 
It kind of has yeah, a mind of its, it's own. Pretty, it's totally random. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sporadic. But you uh, can teleport. Super. I think we could make some kind of collaboration here. Oh, and rods and orbs. I think those were the two that started the series. Was just... <laughs> so there's your, there's your sketch, Don. It's the... Yeah. The X Men sorting hat, putting all the all the mutants into their appropriate classes. You're in Hufflepuff. Ah, oh, damn it! Whatever me the Jub- me and Jubilee are in Hufflepuff. Whatever whatever the wizard or the X Men equivalent of Hufflepuff is, you <laughs> and uh, they're actually when Grant Morrison wrote New X Men in when I was in high school and shortly after. It was like it was like two thousand one, two thousand two ish time. He had an entire like he was the first writer of the X Men to be like, yeah, there got to be people whose mutant powers aren't useful, right? What happens <laughs> to them? And so he had an entire special class of like one was just a guy who was sort of also a bird, but only in that he was really ugly. He had an ugly beak face <laughs> and a handful of sparse feathers on his arms, and he couldn't actually do anything. It's just an ugly bird man. And one of them, one of their mutant powers was when they, uh, when they, when the mutant power activated, they just turned into a gas. And so they had to be gathered into a human shaped suit. And if you popped the suit, then they were gone. He just had all of these bizarre, useless mutations. That's a Hellboy character. Almost exactly. Yeah, it is. Except he can control his vapor when he's not in the suit. Can't he? Yes, that's true. Yes, he can. Yeah, this one couldn't. They would just drift away. They would diffuse into the atmosphere. My mutant power is to always plug in a USB the correct orientation. Oh, man, that's a good one. And also grounded outlets, always. I get that guy, get them right way up every time. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> Anyone can do that. Yeah, okay, so, um, so Star Jelly, is that all you had about Star Jelly? Oh, no, there's more. It's okay, sorry, it's I interrupted been, you for more black-eyed kids. It's been written about for hundreds of years, I think. It goes like back to the 1600s. So, and nobody's... And for, until recently, nobody had was really sure what it was. There were all these guesses. Of course, including that it's, you know, alien yeah. organ. Of course, there's the alien organ. It's an alien organ. It's alien slime. It's it's water on the moon. That's where it's... Remember, they just said that today, that there's they found water on the moon. And it's, well, it's moon water. Moon water. It's moon water... Yeah. That turn into slime and space. Star jelly. Star jelly and moon water sound like some good <laughs> either hip, hippie children names or something I could buy at Trader Joe's. Star jelly and moon water also sounds like a pretty rad girl targeted 1980 Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> Star jelly and moon water. <laughs> uh, one's kind of short and fat. That's obviously star jelly. Mm hmm. And moon water is just like really ditzy, but very, very good friend, like very dutiful. It's the tall, a tall blonde. Yeah, yeah, totally. Let's see, star jelly. What do we think it is? Spawn jelly from frogs. Slime mold. That's been slime mold. It's probably not that. Supposedly dispersed by rain and wind. Could be algae. Algae. But I think the latest testing of some that was found was amphibian related. Hmm. Like they they hypothesized that Ugh. birds that birds will eat eat some eat an amphibian and then barf up part of it, and it's all goopy. 
Yeah. Ew. Or frog spawn, the spawn that's been vomited up by predators. Ew. Have have they tried to eat it? I don't know if anyone's tried to taste it. That seems like the the there's a certain type of person. If they found this in Kentucky, it would have been tasted. <laughs> or I mean, really anywhere. <laughs> hey, there's a dead body over there. You want to go poke it and then taste the goop from the meteor? <laughs> we poked bodies yesterday. I want to try some of this. Look, look. This is a different coming of age journey for us than yesterday's that body star poking. jelly. That's what they did the next day. <laughs> You're supposed to stand by me, and I want to go see the star jelly and eat it. Come on, Will Wheaton. What are you doing? Come on, Corey. Eat the jelly. I don't want to eat the jelly. I'm Corey Feldman. Oh, Will Wheaton. Uh-huh. Uh, didn't you say you had creepy animals, too? Oh, yeah. I was going to talk about the my nemesis, the... Tailless whip scorpion. Why is that your nemesis? He knows damn well why. <laughs> yes, but I don't, and neither do the listeners. Uh, so I have no problem with spiders, scorpions, yes, bugs, yep, crabby crabs, lobsters, Un- etc. Unlike me, yeah, Don does not care for arthropods. Mm, nope. I do. I like them. I have a whole box of hissing cockroaches. Yeah, that are quite fun. Mm-hmm. But you don't they, like the tailless whip scorpion. Yeah, and that's a, kind of a problem because it goes against my brand. <laughs> that's true. Your brand is literally bugs and snakes. This looks like something from The Thing. Yeah, I don't like it. I just looked it up. Yeah, it's... So imagine... It's like a vinegaroon, but worse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't got, care for those either. It's got like long <laughs> red spines on its frontmost pair of legs. Which... They don't, which do not function as legs. They use them like antenna Ugh. to touch to touch everything. Wait, are they legs or are they modified mandibles? Uh, they're, they're the modified legs. Okay. Uh, so it just creeps at and you then, with its yeah. with its red spikes, and it's really flat. So it's sort of like if you mashed up a spider and a scorpion, mm-hmm. and you just kept all the most unpleasant parts. Ugh. So it's got really long, long, thin. Like harvestman legs, actually long legs, and then this fat, flat body. <laughs> and then on the front of this beast, it's got these gnarly raptorial grabbers. What are those? But the it's like a mantis up front, but okay. flat, like a horizontal mantis up front. And they're really long and thin and spiny. And they use them to grab whatever they sense with their long, gnarly sensory legs. So gross. Yeah, I don't like them. Can they see? I, they have eyes. I don't know how well they work. Probably not very well. Like most spiders. They're not venomous. They're mm-hmm. totally harmless to everything except, you know, tiny bugs. But, oh, here's one covered in babies. <laughs> I love that. Uh, are they creepy babies? Does it well, they're really you know, awful white, spawn? When they're white. Oh. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, all arthropods have tiny white creepy babies. And this is, like, how does this not on the bottom of the ocean? This is the thing walking around mm-hmm. on the on the land like it belongs here. I don't know. So it looks like, a, it's like some deep sea creature. So, uh, I, I just... Don't really, I, it's, I don't, I mean, besides but, just 
showing you the damn thing. I can't understand why I don't like him. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I think that'll make, that'll be our cover art for this episode so everybody can see what the fuck he is talking about. Because I was like, should I make it Black Eyed Kids or should I make it that picture of the goofball from the Mortal Kombat sighting? <laughs> no, I think it's going to be the, what, what, what's the what now whip scorpion? A tailless whip scorpion. Tailless whip scorpion. Okay. Yeah. That, so that, that way, is. folks, as soon as you download the podcast, the thing that you saw when you downloaded this fine podcast is the thing that creeps Blake out. And I must admit, I don't much like it either. Shit, it looks like it only has two real eyes. It looks like it has four eye spots. And it's of order Amblypygy. Amblypygy? I guess. I don't, I'm that's, not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. But that's silly. It's Ambli- an arachnid. Amblypygy. Amblypygy? I don't know. I, that's so, pretty good. That's probably right. I looked and, up to uh, see uh, last time we did this. I thought it was last year. I was wrong. It was 2018. We took we had a hiatus around October of last year, so we didn't do a creepy episode. But apparently we pitched a TV show called Ghost Squatch. I have no memory of this. Ghost Squatch? I kind of remember that. But now I'll have to listen to the last Halloween I don't remember episode. what that was about. And, yeah, <laughs> and get right down some details for Ghost Squatch. What is Ghost Squatch doing? If you remember, tell us. Because we don't. <laughs> oh, the... The the science drawing of this thing is even worse than the photo. Like the, the anatomical drawing? Mm-hmm. How can it be worse than the photo? It's a drawing. Yeah, but look at it. It's even pointier and looks looks like it's hairy. Where are you seeing? Are you seeing this in a Google image search? A Wikipedia page. Oh. Tailless whip scorpion. Oh, and they have all its legs folded backwards? Yeah. Uh, uh, and Oh, my. Its actual antennas are very long. Like, stupidly long. Yeah, but it's just all ropey and thin, and it's got this fat, <laughs> fat, spiky body. Ugh. And it's kind of camouflaged, so it looks like a douchebag. <laughs> yep, unpleasant. Even it's... worse than the Vinegaroon. Yeah, I don't like those either, but that's probably... I mean, I yet Scorpion's totally cool. I have <laughs> two of those. It is pretty creepy. Spiders have some of those too. Roaches, mealworms. One time we were going on a road trip from Spokane to Portland. And uh, luckily <laughs> right. before I got in the car, they had already discovered that one of, one of the roaches had somehow hitched a ride on Blake's backpack into the car. And they put it in a Starbucks cup where it lived for the rest of the weekend and mm-hmm. ate, like, lettuce. If if I had been in the car when it was discovered, I think I might have pissed myself. And then Alina would be very upset. Well, Josh would be really upset because it was his car. He wouldn't have liked well, that I pissed in his car. It wasn't even a very big one. I don't care. <laughs> That's why it's called a phobia. It's an irrational fear. I don't like bugs. And even a small hissing cockroach is a pretty big bug. Yeah, as, uh, this one was maybe wasn't that wasn't big. It wasn't thumb size, maybe like half of a thumb. That's a pretty big bug. I mean, that's like that's a decent size for a beetle. True. So I guess my my relative uh, my relationship to how big bugs are is different for most people. Yeah, you do have tarantulas. Mm-hmm. 
the picture I'm going to use for the cover art comes from a web page called Real Monstrosities Tailless Whip Scorpion. <laughs> would you agree? Blake, would you agree it is a oh, real yeah, monstrosity? Definitely. 100%. 100% monstrous. You're just flat in some cave somewhere, climbing around. God, I'm so glad we didn't see any when we were caving, when we were splunking last year. <laughs> God damn. We didn't see any bugs. We didn't even see a single cave cricket. Just those fucking dumbasses with their camera phone or their, their phone lights and they're it not understanding dark. how it underground works. In, it is dark in this cave. Didn't expect it to be so dark in this cave. <laughs> That's, you know, the one definition of cave. <laughs> didn't expect it to be so wet in this ocean. <laughs> There's not even air under here. <laughs> well, how do these fish even exist? I don't get it at all. <laughs> well, yeah. it's just a, a, just a fundal, fundamental misunderstanding of what a cave is. A year and a half later, still funny. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, that reminds me, only merely because we rented a really cool Airbnb. I was talking with some coworkers yesterday at work. Uh, they need a place to play D&D, and none of their places really work. And I said, you just, like, find a cheap Airbnb and rent it for one night and then go play it there. Like, there got to be a bunch around town that will fit your needs and be, like, 50 bucks. So I looked, mm. I searched on my phone, and there are a bunch around town that are 50 bucks or less that are perfectly fine for a, a game of D&D for a one night. And it's, like, 10 bucks a person. Why not? That would be a, a fun ad, for, ad strategy if yeah. you had an Airbnb was set it up like a game room. Yeah. It's for, not a bad idea. For table, for table game nerds. Yeah. And then just advertise it as such. And you make it fairly cheap so you don't feel like they don't feel like they're losing out by not staying the night. But then they can yeah. stay the night if they want, you know. And, and you'd be splitting it, I mean, four people minimum mm -hmm. probably. Yeah. And it is uh, the, the one, one of the ones that I found. I just want to go stay there now. Even though I live in this city, I just want to spend a couple of nights in this place also in the city where I live because it's a converted old barn. And it looks really nice oh, on the cool. inside, but it's a barn on the outside, and there are goats. I say that one in New Zealand that was exactly yeah. that. Were there goats? Uh, were there goats? I think there were, but we didn't see them. There were chickens. <clears throat> it, yeah, it's. Oh, I want to go. It's fifty bucks. Fifty bucks a night. Want to go stay there and pet the goats? Maybe and also giant eels. Maybe play D and D eels. I got they, to see those. They lived in the barn with you. Well, in the creek next to the barn. Oh, shit. I forgot to mention we were talking about Deloitte's Apes. So I've been playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is set in the Amazon. Mm -hmm. And pretty early on, they mention the Pishtaka, which by some accounts is like an Amazonian kind of Bigfooty sort of thing. And I remember that. I've only played, I played through it twice, I think. Well, and like the Shadow of the Tomb Raider? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so you know, like I mean, early, I played it. I just forget how many times. Early on, there's like something that is taken out Trinity soldiers, and you're not sure what it is. And then later in the game, it turns out to just be like weird cave people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I uh, I was really I hoping forgot about those. I was really hoping it would turn out to actually be the Pishtaka, which would like given how given how historically accurate and how interesting they've been in this in the reboot of Tomb Raider games, I was seriously hoping I'd get somewhere and like encounter Deloy's ape in video game form and that would have been cool. And shoot the fuck out of it and, and then go cry in the corner. 
and it just runs yeah. at you. Yeah, I mean that would be that would have been great if if that's where they went with it instead of weird cave angry. people. His big arms running mm-hmm. at you. Ah! Then it dies. Well, that probably would have ended up being like a just a Congo ripoff then. Yeah, just a white gorilla. If just replaced the, I would have loved that though if they just said what full Congo. <laughs> And the, you get a laser. Maya was it Maya? It was Inca. Inca? With a touch, with a touch of mysterious Maya connection. That's right. Yeah, I hope they do. Yeah, a then, uh, have that city be protected by warrior Deloys apes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I really like the new Tomb Raider games. I hated the old ones. Fucking hated them, but I love these. new Yeah, ones. they were good. Yeah. My favorite one though was the second one. Uh, Rise. I just finished yes. that last week. The and Russian that's, one. I loved that one. That yeah. was my favorite. Uh, I think my I think the first one's my favorite so far because it was the tightest. They got a little bit kind of Ubisoft open worldy with two and three, where there's oh here's some art random shit like oh take down all the flags and get experience points. Like that's dumb. Why are you why 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 am I doing this? <laughs> but I uh, loved that the old Soviet stuff. Mm-hmm. I liked the Byzantine stuff. Yeah. I liked that a lot. They So originally, I remember when Assassin's Creed came out, they said the plan was to stick to historical periods and places that you don't typically see in video game form. And that lasted mm-hmm. like two games before they were they, like, they just started doing shit that you've seen a bunch of times before. Tomb Raider is kind of doing that now because you don't see Byzantine immigrants, like the descendants of Byzantine immigrants speaking mm. Greek in a, an, <laughs> an abandoned Soviet military installation. Yeah, which I love. <laughs> and I can't I can't think of, like, granted, I haven't played the original Tomb Raider since the late 90s because I fucking hated them. One of them may have been set in the Amazon. I don't know. But, like, Pitfall. I can't, like, what, what yeah, else is set in the Amazon? I expected, I was like, well, we already did Lost Island mm-hmm. and Lost Siberia. I bet they're going to do Jungle next. Yep. And they did. They yeah. did do Jungle. And they're doing, I where I just, where did I leave off before I ate dinner and came down here? Um, the queen got kidnapped and I escaped and now I have to go get her. I, ju- I just had my first run with the creepy cave people. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's why it was it was on my mind. Yeah. They're really good. They're they're like they're the best Metroid games I've played since oh, Super Metroid? I don't know. <laughs> so I like the second one the most because it had the best I think really the only extra content. Like other game modes and Oh yeah, yeah. It had a really good replay setup. Yeah, I don't I didn't do any of that. Well I did the um I did the DLC I bought the I bought the Game of the Year edition or whatever that had everything. Mm-hmm. So I did the Croft Manor DLC for that one, which was pretty neat. Because I, I was, Endurance is my favorite. I don't like that shit. I don't like that kind of crap. Like, I like to play through the story. I don't like to just play to see how well I do. I, I like playing to see in what order I can upgrade stuff. <laughs> I enjoy doing that. I do like upgrading things. But so What's the most effective combination of these of these upgrades and what order do I get them? I, I was expecting the Croft Manor bit to just be an updated version of the Croft Manor training segments from the old Tomb Raider games where you just learn the moves by running around Mm. her giant house. It was nice. It was totally different. It was like exploring her parents' relationship and her shitty uncle trying to steal her money and house. (laughs) 
And it's uh, the weird thing they do is like there is obviously fucking supernatural shit in all of these games, but then yeah. in both of them they'll be like, okay, here's some sh- supernatural shit. Here's some. Su-. No, it's not because I, I the DLC the um the Baba Yaga DLC. Like, oh, I'm so fucking great. And it's it was like I like how they explained it that it was a combination of this lady's ingenuity and hallucinogenic <laughs> yeah hallucinogenic plants but at the same time why did you why did you make that not supernatural and then two hours later i'm killing immortal soldiers <laughs> yeah it's just it's weird weird what they like, choose to do it's like they they put like a percentage like okay we have x percentage can be magic yeah we got to save that for only this this yeah. faction gets to be magic yeah the story the main story has magic in it so that dlc has to be not magic Sorry, <laughs> we already did our, our we spent our magic points. I really liked it because I'm a fan of uh, I'm a fan of Slavic and Eastern European mythology, and the fact that they did the fucking house with the chicken legs. She was flying around in a yeah, giant mortar and pestle. Like they 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 did it right. That's, I, that's something else I appreciate about the new Tomb Raider games. I'm learning about Incan culture by playing this silly game with weird cave people. <laughs> Yep. Uh, I wanted to, I really wanted to just go full Hellboy, though. Like, I want to do the same stuff, like, through a ancient Nazi base <laughs> in the in Antarctica. Well, maybe that's where they're going next, because as I understand it, the Trinity storyline wraps up with this one. So they got to find a new big bad. Yeah. Laura Croft on uh, an immortal Nazi submarine. <laughs> yep. Fighting werewolf. Fighting werewolves. <laughs> You know, there's a really good episode of Angel in the fifth season where that's set in the 40s, and Angel somehow ends up on a Nazi submarine and finds out that Spike is already on the Nazi submarine, and <laughs> sure, he's 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 wearing a, a Nazi commander's great coat instead of his typical black duster because he didn't acquire that until oh. the 80s in continuity, and. <laughs> He's not the a Nazi, U, uh, but the, the U boat, the yeah. U boat coat. Yeah, and he's like, he's not, he's not a Nazi, but it looks cool, and he ate the guy who wore it, so it's his now. <laughs> I don't remember how it is. Those are expensive coats. <laughs> I bet. Fuck. Shit, we're at fifty minutes, and we spent the last ten talking about Tomb Raider. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's cryptid adjacent. It is. It, it's. Yeah. They really. I, I wish they would just kind of go go all in on the mm-hmm. yes. We this is a magical world because it so obviously is. She okay. There needs to be a sub a story set between Rise of the Tomb Raider and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So after she gets her house back, because when you finish that DLC, you find out that her uncle is a cunt and he she really does have the title to her house, and he's just trying to be a dick. So she gets her house back, but then she has to spend, like, her entire trust to, to renovate the falling apart, dilapidated manor. She doesn't have any money left to go hunt for Trinity. So she becomes a millionaire by selling the secret of Greek fire that she learned and that they never mention again. That's right. That's kind of an important discovery. <laughs> they just kind of go over, like, oh, you learn Greek fire now, and there is no – at no point in the game does it point out the significance of somebody bringing the secret of Greek fire back to the modern world. Like one of the You're greatest right lost it. technologies. That's just, that's just a fact we looked up. It's not yeah. a big deal. Greek fire was a thing, and then we forgot about it, so let's put it in the game. Shit. 
she would never have to work again if she knew how to make Greek fire. Also, she wouldn't have very many enemies. It's, it's it. I did appreciate how they handled the Mega Man ness of it. You know, because like you can't start the game with all the equipment that she had at the end of the last Ooh. game. They always have to strip you yeah. of all your stuff. So you start the game with all the equipment she had in the last game, but it's a prologue, and then there's a plane crash, and you lose all your shit. And at one point, she's even like, "Damn it! Why didn't I pack all my stuff together?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good games, good games. Well, happy Halloween, everybody. That's right. It's not going to be an exceptionally great one. Not a lot of trick-or-treating these days anyway. Definitely not a lot during a pandemic. Mm. Usually I, 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 on Halloween, I like find something to work on in my garage and, and play loud music and hand out candy while I'm building something. Uh, I don't even know if it's worth it this year. I know. It's too bad. I got stuff to build, too. But <sighs> I hope this doesn't kill trick-or-treating for good. Oh, well. Anything else? I'm good. Okay. Well, everybody, that was a really down way to end the show. (laughs) I didn't mean to Halloween is canceled. Yeah. Mm. I typically like Halloween and watching scary movies. (sighs) But now reality is just so scary now, Blake. I know, Don. It's so scary. Nothing scares me for real anymore. Because there's a Cheeto in the White House. <laughs> I can't even believe it. He's a Cheeto. That orange man is bad. <laughs> who, who said that? Um, lame-ass centrist liberals whose entire complaint is they can't have brunch anymore. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> like, they're they're dimly aware of encroaching fascism, but mostly it's that he's loud and angry. and He's, he's orange and he says bad things. Yep. That's it. Which is which is kind of frustrating. Probably got stuck in a bathtub. We just won't find out till later. <laughs> no, he got stuck in a fucking toilet, and he tells them in every speech he gives about the fifteen times. I I just I, I love that. I love that view, that window into his life in the White House because nobody has to flush the toilet ten to fifteen times. But he's enough <laughs> of a narcissist to think that if he does, everyone does. And so he just says it over and over again about how so everyone gotta, flushes. You got to chop it up a little bit there. Yeah, you need a poop knife, Donald Trump. <laughs> poop knife. Where's the poop knife, Mr. Trump? <laughs> but my God, like all the Big Macs and whatever he's eating there. Oh, and that would 100% be advertised late at night. <laughs> Billy May is here for poop knife. No, like the sp- the specific presidential one with like eagles and shit all over. Do you have like a do you shit like a commander in chief? <laughs> Does meatloaf come out of your presidential rear? <laughs> Unchanged from where it went in. Poop knife 2020. 1995. And it's you know spinning and like, well, you get two of them for the for the low, for the low price, price of one, just pay separate shipping and handling. And if you order right now, you will get this free poop knife extender. And it's just a dowel rod <laughs> and some duct tape. Uh, poop knife. <laughs> I didn't find out about that until, what, a year ago? It's such a great story. Everybody go Google poop knife and read about this poor person who as found out as an adult that, no, not everybody has a poop knife in their home. 
Because <laughs> other people shit normally. <laughs> they have to chop it up with a knife. And he like comes out of a friend's bathroom. He's like, where's your poop knife? What the fuck is a poop knife? <laughs> like, like, what? <laughs> learned, learned in the most humiliating fashion that his entire family takes monster dumps. Is this an always always sunny reference I'm not getting? <laughs> oh, fucking poop knife. Donald Trump needs a poop knife. Okay, everybody. <laughs> thanks. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody, to our tales of black-eyed kids and Tomb Raiders and poop knives. You know, vote for us on things and share us on other things and tell people about us on your various things and do all the things that help us and don't in any way benefit you. But if you like us, then you'll make us happy, and that'll make you happy. Right? Right, Blake? Totes. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Ha, ha, ha.